guys for tuning in with us that are just logging in online. We just had a great time of worship today. Uh, man, it was awesome. The presence of God is in here so strong. And man, we're excited you tuned in with us today. And today, I'm excited about sharing this word with you guys. Um, it's something that all of us at some point or another, we, uh, we all feel tired. Has anybody ever felt tired before? I don't think that's anybody in here. Nobody has ever felt tired. You online, you probably never felt tired either. Everybody has all the energy and all the strength that they ever need. There's not a day that you wake up, you say, boy, I feel so energized. I don't need any more sleep. <laughs> that, that's everybody in here, right? You don't, there's no need for coffee. You guys don't drink coffee. You don't need it because you're just full of energy all the time. No, we know that's not the case. That sometimes we walk through things and, man, we just get a little tired. Is that right? We just get a little tired, and that's what I want to encourage you with today. Today, if you're taking notes, um, you can write this down. The title of today's message is A New Grip. A New Grip. And if you're following along with the app, you can download our app. All of our notes are on the app, so you can go back and look at those notes at your leisure. You can also add notes on the app as well. But our main verse today that we're going to look at is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. We'll read it and then we'll pray. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. It says, so take a new grip. Y'all say new grip. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word that it brings so much clarity. It brings peace and it brings so much encouragement to our hearts. I pray today that we find a new grip in you today, that you would speak to our hearts directly concerning areas that we need to take a new grip. And I thank you for it right now in Jesus name. Amen. Speaking of grip, y'all say new grip. Have you ever shaken someone's hand and it felt like their hands were just soaked in water? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just sweaty, clammy hands. That is like the, oh, man, that's like the nastiest thing ever. There's this one guy back at, our, at the church in Baton Rouge that we're from. I'm telling you, it was like his life's mission to every Sunday to find me and shake my hands. And I would try to avoid him every single Sunday. But somehow or another, I'll be in a conversation with someone else, and he'll walk up to me, hey, pastor, how you doing? And he'd stick that clammy hand out there. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to shake his hand again. And it was every single Sunday. I'm like, I wanted to ask him, like, what do you, like, do you have, like, a condition or something that your hands are always, like, it was the most disgusting thing. And every time I'd have to go to the bathroom and wash my hands because I felt like, man, this is just the nastiest thing ever. Or have you ever prayed with someone? Like, you know, sometimes in church services or prayer meetings, they say, hey, once you gather with someone else and you guys pray with each other. And this mostly is for men where you, you get to grip someone's hand and they try to squeeze the life out of your hand. Well, they just want to show how manly their grip is. And then they start squeezing. You're like, come on, man, this is not vice grips. This is we just agreeing. You not. I don't need to know how strong you are. But they feel like, boy, I'm going to clamp down on you. So you feel the need. Well, I need to press a little harder myself. 
And then y'all just sitting there. Y'all can't breathe because your hands are so tight. But you feel like, man, I, I need to let, I don't need a new grip. I need to let go of this dude's grip. But, but that can how, how life can feel sometimes. Life can feel so at times where I'm holding on so tightly, I have to let go. And there's just certain things that you hold on to. You're like, man, I've been holding on as long as I can, but it's time for me to let go. I, I, I can't, I can't. And that verse, take, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your knees. The reason you need to take a new grip is because your hands are tired of holding it. When you're, you, if you didn't need a new grip, you're tired, your hands wouldn't be tired, but your hands get tired because you've been holding things for so long. And so today we're going to look at some things that we're going to grab tightly, some things we're going to hold loosely, and some things we're going to let go completely. So that's what we're going to focus on today. We're going to, some things we're going to grab tightly. Y'all say grab tightly, hold loosely, and let go of. That's what we're going to focus on today. So the first one is, is the grab tightly. So y'all write that down if you're taking those. First thing today, there are some things that we need to grab tightly too. These are the good things. These are the things that we don't need to get weary in these things. We don't need to, to, to get tired hands or weak knees in these. These are things we constantly need to grab tightly too. And under grab tightly too, what do we need to grab tightly too? The first thing is this, our confident hope. Our confident hope. You need to hold tightly to your confident hope in Jesus. Your confident hope in Jesus. You know, there is a confident hope in Jesus, but it's all a matter of perspective. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. It says, hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. When you trust in God's promises, that's a confident hope that you don't need to waver in. That's something that you need to be fully persuaded in, that God's promises are yes and amen. And when you can get that down in your spirit, when you can get that down in your confident hope that I can trust in God's promises, you know what that does? It gives you hope for your future. The reason people don't have hope for their future is because of their, 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 their confessions. I can tell a lot about people's hope in their future by the confessions that they make. They'll say things like this. Well, I'm just praying that if it's God's will that he'll provide a new job for me or that God, God knows the situation I'm in and I'm just believing if it's with his will, because you know, if it, whatever's going to be, it's going to be. That's not a confident hope. That's wishing. And we don't live on a wish. We live on hope and faith. And when you have a confident assurance in God's promises, you say things like this. I know it's God's will for me to be blessed. So guess what? I'm going to be blessed. I know that it's God's will for me to be healed. So guess what? I am healed. I know that it's God's will that not one should perish, so my family members are going to be saved. And when you have a confident hope, you can speak directly to your future. Also, you can speak negatively into your future, which diminishes your confident hope. So everything about your confident hope has to do exactly with your future. So your prayers are actually prophecy to your future. So the things, the words that, you, that come out of your mouth, you have to make sure, is my confident hope truly trusting in the promises of God? 
like that scripture we just read. So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. So the bottom line, it boils down to this. Do you trust God's promises or not? But your words will let me know if you really trust God's promises or not. Because sometimes we say we have faith and we trust God, but your words speak another word. It speaks another truth. There's, there, there, God operates in the realm of faith. Everything he does is by faith. And if you're not attached to God by faith, you're disconnected from God. Your future is disconnected to God because he only operates through faith. So that's why it's so important that you have to trust his promises to know that, hey, my confident hope, my positive confection for my future is that I will have a future in X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that you're believing for. Amen? So what do we hold tightly to? Our confident hope. The second thing we hold tightly to is our devotion to Christ. We hold tightly to our devotion to Christ. When you don't have a daily devotion with Christ, you begin to wither and grow weak. You have to take a fresh grip to your devotion to Christ. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. it reads, But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Your pure and undivided devotion to Christ. That your devotion to Christ should be pure and undivided. But we know that life happens, situations happen, things come up un, uh, unexpectedly, and that things can pull you away from your devotion for the, to Christ. But we have to make sure that this is something that we hold tightly. We grab tightly to our devotions to Christ because that's where you're going to find your strength. Man, I can't tell you how much, like I was in here yesterday praying, and boy, I got in here worshiping God, and the presence of God was on me in this room, and I'm telling you, when I hold, you hold tightly to your devotions, there's a strength that comes on the inside of you. If you find yourself weak, ask yourself, how am I, am I grabbing tightly to my, uh, my devotions in Christ? Because a lot of times, you can point that back to your devotions to see if you've been weak or tired. How, how have you been in your devotions to Christ? And there's three parts of your devotion. First part of devotion is this. You learn about him. That's the word. You get in the word and you learn more about God. Y'all, there's, I don't care how old you are, how long you've been saved, how much you've read the Bible. There's still more to learn about God. Until the time that you're in heaven, there's more to learn about God. So part of my devotion is I want to learn more about him. And how do I do that? I get in his word. I get in his presence. Next part of my devotion, the second part of the, my, my devotion is I talk to him. This is prayer. I want to make sure that I'm communicating my heart's desires, my heart's needs, my heart's troubles, all the decisions I have to make, everything that's going on with me. I want to make sure that I'm talking to God. Not only am I reading and learning about him, but I'm communicating with him. I'm talking to him. And the third part of our devotion is this, is we listen to him. We listen to him. We need to take some time of reflection. That's when I prayed all my prayers. Now I'm just going to sit quietly and allow the Lord to speak to me. Or you read the word and you just sit quietly and meditate on it and say, God, God, speak. And if I, to boil down all these three things or these two things of talking and listening, we should listen more than we talk. Our prayer time should be centered more around listening to God than us talking to him. Because what you, you, you ever been in these prayer 
types before, and I know I have, where it's just turned into a complaining session. When it's like you're not really praying to God, you're complaining to God. And God, this is going on. And I want, I need help in this. And, and you can look up and 20, 30 minutes go by and the whole time you've been complaining. You hadn't been praying. You hadn't been strengthened. You've just been venting. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that shouldn't be a consistent day. That, that should be here and what, far in between. But my point is that we should be listening to God. God, what are you speaking to me? God, what are you saying? What, are you, what, what, what direction do you have for me? We should be listening to God. That's the three parts of our devotion. So we hold tightly or grab tightly to our confident hope. We grab tightly to our devotion to Christ. And the third thing we hold tightly to or grab tightly to is our confident, I'm sorry, our covenant relationships. Our covenant relationships. Proverbs 3, verse 3. Proverbs 3, verse 3, it says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. So what are covenant relationships? These are marriages, your marriage. Hold tightly, grab tightly to your marriage. There should be a fire. There should be excitement. There should be an enjoyment, a joy that comes from your marriage. Hold tightly or grab tightly to that covenant marriage. Go back to your first love. Also, we should grab tightly to our family, our family relationships. We should hold tightly to those. And also our God-ordained friendships. We should have God-ordained friendships. You know, I have a friend. And he and his wife, about, it's been about two years now, they moved from another country to America. And he was a pastor. He didn't know English. He didn't speak English. But he just felt like there has to be more than life than what I'm doing. And so he began to pray and fast. And it led him to America. And when his wife and he, when he and his wife first arrived to America, they came to Louisiana of all places. And they were connected to our church. And the first day that they were there, tomorrow and I got a chance to have lunch with them. And the whole time that we were at lunch, it was like we were passing our phones back and forth using translator because they didn't understand us and we couldn't understand them because we didn't speak their language, they didn't speak our language. But something connected in our hearts. Even though our languages weren't the same, Something in our spirits connected. And when I tell you this is a man of faith, this is a man of faith. When I think about people of faith, I immediately think about him. And I can sit here for the rest of the service and tell you testimony of testimony of things that God has done in his life just by him standing on faith. I'll just give you a few. He was believing that I'm going to have perfect English. And he started taking English classes. So you know what he started doing? He started to fast, that God helped me speak English. And you know what? In about a month or two, he was speaking English. And then he said, I need my paperwork, my green card, or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I need uh, my paperwork to come in because it's running out of time. So he started praying and fasting. The next day, what he needed came through. His, he and his wife were believing for a child. Little did they know when they came to Louisiana, they became pregnant. Then he realized, I need somewhere to live, but I know how much I need to make. So he went to an apartment complex that was more than what he could afford, and he told the people in the office, this is what 
I can afford, this is what I need the apartment for. They said, okay, you can leave. A few days later, they called him back and said, you can have the apartment for the price that you said you needed for. Then he said, I need a car. Someone gave him a car. And then when he realized, see, the car was too small for his child, he said, man, I need a bigger car. He ran into another pastor that was here from his country. They got to talking, and he said, I have a teen daughter that needs a smaller car, but we have this van that we don't need anymore. So you know what happened? They changed cars. Now he has a van. And I could keep going. I'm, and, but all these things is to tell you, you need covenant friendships and relationships with people that believe it's going to encourage you. Because when I think about faith, I immediately think about him, and I'm like, this is a man of faith. Those are the type of friendships you need with people that's going to encourage you and strengthen you, not when you're around them, they sap all the life out of you. Or you wish, man, I, now I need some prayer time because I was just spent time with them. I have to reevaluate my life. Like, what is going on? After No, you need some friends that's going to strengthen you. Every time I'm around him, I'm strengthened by his faith. You need covenant friendships, amen? Hold, grab tightly to your covenant relationships, amen? So those are things that we grab tightly to. We grab tightly to those. Now, these are things we hold loosely to. We hold loosely. These are things that they're there, but I don't really care about them. I know they're there. I'm holding on to them, but any moment I could just let it go because it's not that big of a deal. Y'all get what I'm saying? In, in baseball, when you're hitting, people think that the harder you grip the bat, the further the ball will go. Like, so you need a good grip on the bat. You need to hold it tightly, but that, that's, that's far from the truth. Actually, the looser you hold the bat, the better you get, a better swing you get. And people would think, I just need to squeeze the bat. No, don't squeeze. You, you hold it loosely. And that's why sometimes you see players swing the bat and it flies everywhere. It's because they have a loose grip because you're not supposed to hold it tightly. But the things is, this is what we should do with some of these things I'm about to talk about. You hold it loosely. So at any moment, it could just fall out of your hand and you could be like, oh, I don't even care about it. It was there, but it's gone now. So what are some things that we should hold loosely to? Possessions. Hold loosely to possessions. Don't get caught up in attaining more stuff that you feel like you can't part with any of your possessions. Don't be on that show hoarders. Don't have, let your family have an intervention with you and say, no, John, let's have a seat. You got magazines. You got magazines stacked all around your living room. Or I had a friend that he said his dad has newspapers from like 1970 just full of newspapers stacked all around his house. And he says every time he would try to get rid of them, his dad would get upset in a rage. What are you going to do with newspapers from the 1970s? But he's got them all. He can't let go of possessions. We have to hold loosely to possessions when we don't let them control us. When you get to thinking about your possessions so much where you can't think straight and that's all you think about, that's a problem. You need to hold loosely. So at any moment, if, 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 if I have possessions, I need to let them go. I remember this one time, there was this, uh, and I'm not making y'all do this, so don't, don't, don't get nervous. It was doing the, I believe it was doing the, we were in a series or something, and the pastor gave us a challenge. He said, I want you to give away something that is a prized possession of yours. Something that means something dear to you, I want you to just give it away. And I remember I had just bought this new watch. And I was excited about that watch. And I remember 
about two weeks prior, someone said, oh, that's a really nice watch. I really like that watch. And then the first thing I thought about when he said that was, give it to that person. I said, I rebuke you, devil. I just got this watch. Talking about give him this watch. I was like, devil, you better get out of here with your lies. You're the father of lies. And the more I got to thinking about it, I was like, well, why would the devil tell me to give something away that I care about? And I said, okay, I'm going to give this watch away. And I gave the watch away. And I was like, man, it was in the moment, I was like, I can't do it. But when I gave it to him and I saw the joy in a person's face, I was like, you know what? It's just a watch. It's just, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a watch. Did I like it? Yes. But in the grand scheme of things, it tells time. I can get another one. Just like I got that one. And I did. I got another one. But the point is, is that we can't hold tightly to possessions that we get so obsessed by them. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, it says, After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. That's the problem with Americans. We're never content. We always want more. Always want more, bigger and better. Don't get caught up in that. The posture that we should have when it comes to our possessions and our wealth is, how can I be a blessing to others? With the things and the resources that God has given us, our posture should be, now how can I be a blessing to others? How can I give what God has freely given me and give it to others? That's the way that we should look at our possessions. I'm going to use it as a blessing. Proverbs 11:25 reads, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. If you feel like you need some refreshing, go bless somebody else. Go bless somebody else. I promise you'll find refreshing. So we hold loosely to our possessions. The next thing we hold loosely to is our positions. Our positions. We are not, you are not what you do. Positions change, and you can't get caught up in your positions. Who is more important than your position? You are more important than your position and what you do. But boy, we can get caught up in positions, can't we? You know, in election season, it's all about positions. Who's campaigning for this job? And we, especially when it's a presidential campaign, boy, we put so much emphasis and so much energy and who's with the facts and who's lying and who can we trust, who, who's going to do this and that. And we get sort of caught up in all these positions that people start fighting with each other all over the place. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just a position. And we know that no matter who's in a position, they're not going to like them anyway. I've never met a president that everybody's like. Nobody has ever liked that person. Not one. But the point is that we can't get caught up in positions. I have a question for y'all. Do y'all know who the 17th mayor of Mobile was? Nobody? But that's an important position. You mean to tell me y'all don't know who the 17th mayor of Mobile was? I'm, that, the, the mayor, that's a big position, y'all. Y'all don't know who the 17th mayor of Mobile was? I'll tell you, it was Charles Langdon and from 1836 to 1837. I had to look it up because I didn't know. Do y'all know who the 25th governor of Alabama was? Now, nah, the governor, the most important position in Alabama. Y'all don't know who the 25th governor of Alabama was. Come on, y'all. Rochelle, you get a break. You from Louisiana, too, so we didn't know. 
But y'all, y'all don't, the 20, it was Rufus Cobb. Y'all don't know Rufus Cobb? He was from 1878 to 1880. But it's the governor, y'all. And it's the mayor. Don't even know those positions. Don't, never even, probably first time you heard those names. But the point goes this, is that we shouldn't put too much emphasis on positions. Because positions, they come and they go. But what matters is who you become. That's all that matters. Hold loosely to positions. Don't get so caught up in, well, this is my responsibility. This is my position. Someone's trying to take my turf. Someone's trying to take my, nobody's trying to take your spot. Nobody's trying to take your whatever. Just hold loosely to positions. Don't get caught up in that. The last thing that we hold loosely to is people pleasing. People pleasing. Don't live to please people. That's a tiring life. That is a very tiring life, living your life to please people because there's no end. There is no end to pleasing people. You get down that rabbit trail, you'll be on it for the rest of your life. Hold loosely to pleasing people. So those are things, so we grab tightly, we hold loosely, and these are things that you just got to let go. You just let go completely. These are things you just need to throw away. Get them far as, the furthest away from you as possible. I'm just going to let this go. Matter of fact, I'm going to take three steps, and I'm going to throw it as far as I can. Get this away from me. You throw these things away. The first thing that you throw away or let go is, is regrets. Let go of regrets. Every day you wake up, wake up like this is your first day to live. Wake up like it's your first day to live. His mercies are new every morning. Like Paul, you must forget the past and focus on what lies ahead. But boy, can we get caught up in our regrets. You know, when I was, if I could do it all over again, I would do this. Well, yeah, it's good to reflect, but don't live in the past. Lie on what looks on, on what's ahead. Like Paul says, don't focus on the past. Focus on what lies ahead. Don't live with regrets. Let that stuff go. Let it go. Let it go. Learn from it, but let it go. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. We have to look forward on what lies ahead. Because the enemy would love more than to get you to looking in the past. Because if he can keep you on those regrets, he knows I have them. I got them. They have no hope for their future because they can't get past their past. Let go of regrets. Amen? Second thing we let go. We let go of wrong habits. Let go of wrong habits. Habits such as pills addictions. Now, I know there are certain medications that we need, but things that we don't need, we need to get rid of that. You know, athletes, they can get addicted to painkillers. They need them for a minute, but then when the pain goes away, they get so addicted to it that it destroys and cripples their lives. Any addictions, addictions to pills, addiction to alcohol. You know, I've never seen anything good come from drinking alcohol. I know some people say, well, what's wrong with that? I'm just saying, hey, you can do what you want to do. But ask Henry Ruggs III how drinking alcohol works. Driving 156 mile an hour on a regular street and killed a lady. And a dog, burned up, Dri- uh, 156 miles an hour. And some people say, oh, well, he just made a mistake. That's not a mistake. That was a choice. He chose to do that. And I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying, out of all my life, I've never seen anything good come from drinking alcohol. I've never seen anything good. You, you do what you want to do. I'm just saying, I've never seen anything good come from it. What else do we let go of? Or we let go of 
food, just eating just to eat, because it, makes, it gives you no energy and you become more tired. Also, smoking. Then, the worst thing is someone that smokes and then try to cover it up with perfume or cologne. It's like, come on now. We smell it. We know you've been smoking. I know because I used to do it myself. Don't, don't do that. Don't, it don't help. It just makes it worse. There was this one girl that was in our small group, and it seemed like as soon as she, she smoked the whole way there, and then she decided, well, I'm going to just spray a little perfume on before I walk in the house. And it's like, come on now. We know you've been smoking. It's okay. Just get free. <laughs> get free from pornography. That destroys your life. It destroys marriages. It destroys relationships. Get, get free from gambling. Get free from lying. Let go of those things. Get free from cursing. I know something, well, God's working on my mouth. Get free from it. Don't let the devil, oh, what would my tongue just slip up? Excuse me, French. <laughs> get free from it. Let it go. Romans 13, 12, it says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. That's what we need to hold tightly to, right living. Amen? Last thing we're going to let go of, we get it far away from us, is offenses. Offenses. You know how you know that you have an offense? Is when someone brings that person's name up and you can't, oh, look, I won't talk about that. Let's change the subject. Mm-mm, we won't, we're going to talk about something, or you walk away. Because just the thought of that person, or they walk in the room and you cringe. You get to growling when you see them walk in the room. What is that? You holding on to an offense. And you need to let that go. Nothing will tear you up more than holding on to an offense. And most of the time, people, you're offended by people that don't even know that they offended you. And they just live in their life all happy and free. And you over there all disgusted and bitter and angry. And they looking at you like, what in the world? I didn't know I did anything to you. But you've been holding on to it since the third grade. I remember in the third grade, you pushed me down the stairs. When did I do that? I don't remember that. But you've been holding on to it since the third grade. This person is married with kids and living a life somewhere else, going on vacations, having a good time, and you can't commit to a relationship because they gave you hurts in the third grade. For, I can't trust people now. I, they was my best friend, and they pushed me down the stairs, and I thought they was my friend, and they pushed me off the monkey bars. And we holding on to offenses and bitterness and things that people have no clue because they worried about themselves. They're not worried about you. But we have to let go of offenses. You know, Jesus talked about forgiveness more than anything that he, ta- he, he taught about because he knew the importance of forgiveness. First of all, he said, if you want your father in heaven to forgive you, you have to forgive others. So forgiveness is a big deal. That's why it's so hard sometimes to let go. And the enemy knows that. And he'll try to keep you bound in that unforgiveness and that bitterness. But that's what we got to get that far. You just need to make a decision in your mind right now. I'm not going to get offended. There may be things that people do that's wrong. There may be do things that people do that I don't agree with. But you know what? I'm not going to be offended. You, that's something you have to make a decision in your heart before it happens. Because if you're trying to wait until it happens, then you're going to be in a, the valley of decision. But if you already decided in your heart, guess what? Yeah, it may sting a little bit, but you say, you know what? I forgive. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. But it's a decision that you have to make in your heart. Isaiah 43, 25. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. So what is God is saying that 
I will blot out your sins for my own sake. Meaning that I don't want to think about your sins. I'm doing this for my sake because I don't want to think about your sins. I will never think about them again. So if God is saying that I don't want to think about your sins anymore for my sake, what do you think we should do for our sins and our unforgiveness? We should blot it out and remove it for our own sake as well. Because God is saying, I'm not thinking about that because I'm not going to let that poison me. I'm not going to think about it anymore. Get rid of unforgiveness, bitterness, and offense. Amen? So a recap. What are we going to do? We're going to grab tightly or grip tightly to our confident hope. Positive confessions. I have hope for my future. There is a plan for me. God does want to bless me. God does want to heal me. God does want to set my family free. I'm going to grip tightly to my devotion in Christ. I'm going to read him. I'm going to learn more about him. I'm going to speak to him, and I'm going to listen. Our covenant relationships, grip tightly to those. I'm going to hold loosely to possessions. Yeah, I have it, but it could be gone tomorrow, and I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to hold loosely to my possessions, to positions, titles, positions. They don't matter to me. I'm holding loosely to those things and people-pleasing. And the last thing is let go. I'm letting go of regrets. I'm no longer living in the past, but I'm living for what lies ahead. I'm letting go of habits. Wrong habits, I'm letting go of addictions. Bad habits, I'm letting those things go, and I'm letting go of offenses. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. A new grip. So you see, there's some things you need to, and you can, I'm pretty sure the Lord's already speaking to you. You need a new grip. Grab tightly to those things. Hold loosely. And some things we need to let go. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to very reverently bow their head and close their eyes. And I just want to give an opportunity to pray for those you watching online or you're in the room. Just an opportunity to just to connect with God in a real way. Will you say, God, I want to connect with you. There's some things that you're walking through that you feel like, man, I, I need to know God in a real way. I want to be in a right relationship with him. You know, you were talking about things I need to let go, but if I were to be honest, I hadn't let go of offenses or regrets. My past has been holding me down and it's been keeping me from pursuing the Lord because my conscience isn't clean. I can't forgive myself from the things that I've done, my regrets. But today is the day of salvation for you. Today is a day of freedom for you. Or you can let go of past mistakes, past regrets, and you can look forward to what lies ahead. So I want to pray for you today. If you want to come into a right relationship with God, you want him to forgive you of all your sins, all the regrets, all the past mistakes, but you want to look forward to a confident hope in the future that lies ahead, I want to pray with you. And if you're online, you can join in with this too. But if you're in a room, I just want you to lift your hands with no one looking around. I want to pray with you today. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. And I just want everyone just to put their hand over their heart. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And I thank you that in this moment that I forgive myself for past mistakes and regrets. I thank you, Lord, that I have a confident hope in you. And I thank you that I can look forward to a future in you. I love you. I honor you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give a hand clap to those that made a decision to follow Christ and to receive his forgiveness. If you're in the room and you made that decision, there's a card in the pew back in front of you that says, let's connect. Fill that out. Drop it in an offering on the, uh, on the way during offering time, and we love to connect with you. And if you're watching online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that uh, you made a decision to, to receive Christ, and we love to pray with you as well. Amen. This was a message that I love to talk about. Take a new grip. Well, right now we're prepared to give. We're about to give. Uh, if you're online and you're prepared to give, there's a couple ways you could do that. You can give online. You can give on our app. You can download our app. You can go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. You can give there. There's a tab on the homepage that says give online. On December 18th, we have Songs of Christmas. You guys are invited to that. Also, there is no prayer this Wednesday. This Wednesday, no prayer. Just spend the time with your family. You guys enjoy that. But let's pray over the offering, and then you guys will be dismissed. Lord, I thank you for the offering, for the tithes that's coming to the storehouse. I thank you that you bless each and every person that's given. You, Lord, you love a cheerful giver. And I pray that you meet in every need in the house today. Lord, I pray that you take what we've given today and that you multiply it, that you stretch it, that we could be a blessing, not only locally, but globally. And I thank you for the seed that's coming to the house today. Bless it, Lord. Expand it and stretch it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. You guys have a great week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see y'all next Thursday. I'm sorry.